Good morning. If you would be seated, it's good to have you all here today. Pastor John and Miss Gwen are out of town. They are uh, having a little vacation, so they're they are uh, enjoying that. They should be back in the next week or so. They might come back and do it all over again. You know, you know. Whenever I get back, whenever I go on vacation, I always, I don't know about you, but I feel like I need another vacation to recover from my vacation. But, <laughs> but I, I hope they are getting some rest and enjoying their time uh, alone. Uh, today, um, well, we have a, a guest speaker that's not new to us, but his uh, name is Neil Burem. He's going to do a great job. He's uh, been an excellent pastor. He's uh, ministered and pastored to people for years. And so he's going to come to us today. If you would, just get out your notebooks and everything and be prepared for the Word. Amen? All right. Well, good morning. And I'm glad you hung around after meet and greet. I thought you were going to walk on out. So uh, this, is a, this is a good day. I don't feel like I have a long message, but I do have an important one. And I think it's important that we, we get to that. And if you, I think this would be a good note-taking day, but here's how I want you to take notes. Don't worry about what I have to say. Think about what God wants to say. And so write that down and uh, keep him just hearing your word. So there's, uh, I, there's two things I feel like is important this morning I'm, I'm going to pray over. And if you're near a seat that's empty or even a seat where you're at, there's two things I feel like God God wants to fill it up. And uh, there's there's an expectation, and I appreciate our worship. You did a phenomenal job today. I, I appreciate that ushering us in. What you did is, you know, you engage with God until he engages with you sometimes. And often we have the opportunity that he engages with us before we engage with him. But today we engage with God till he started engaging with us. So everything that you sang, heard, the words that we sung became a truth to you, right? Became an illumination of who God was. Because there's an interaction between us and God. We proclaim what we know. He proclaims who He is. And so when, when that interaction's going on, you start discovering who God is. And so it's really important. So, um, so I, I, I may not even get through this as to what I planned. I just want to do what I feel like God's saying. And so if you're new at the church or new with a church like this, I just want to encourage you, don't, don't, uh, don't try to define it quite all yet. Uh, because God, uh, is he works in the sticky and, uh, and the mess. And uh, we're a very uh, well-knowledgeable uh, mess, right? We come from all different categories and experiences and failures and confusion and lies and on a journey to find the truth, uh, the light and the life of God. And in that, every part of that is a transition, dropping off some of the old, picking in the new and start walking in that, getting familiar with it, becoming grounded in it, and then going to the next from from glory to glory, to moving uh, directly with God and then more and more in that. And sometimes we forget the beginning of our journey. We forget where we started and, and how it began and how 
we were on our knees a lot more, not from praying, but failing, right? Uh, we're there getting up and moving on with God. And so this morning, so I'm, I'm going to pray with my eyes open right now, okay? Is that right? And you just kind of, just, just let your spirit engage with me. But Father, I thank you for what you want to do and, and the empty seats that you not only want to fill with people, you want to fill with yourself. And God, I thank you today that there are, this, the empty seats represent people who have not really heard you yet. The, your voice has not came, come to wake them up yet or um, allowed them, God. And some of that is because you're making the church ready. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for the people that are here who's going to direct, help, assist people, know who you are, and help them discover this engagement with you. Thank you, God, that is your intent that we walk in the illumination of God, not just talk about it, but walk in it. And God, I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this is uh, this morning I'm going to speak uh, about foundation, uh, foundational faith. And I apologize for if I get louder and then you can't hear me and then I get louder because I like to use my hands. And so I'm going to work at staying steady in this area. But foundational faith, which is something I really believe that God wants to speak to this church and what we desperately need as a person. Matter of fact, let me just say this as well. Don't you love Pastor John and Gwen? Amen. Uh, he, he has texted me. Or we've texted back and forth. Now, I have to be honest, most of his texts involve a picture of food in it. I don't know, I don't know what his, his deal is, but <clears throat> other than uh, trying to upset me on what he gets to eat right now. But uh, I, I love him. He's got the purest of all hearts. He means well with everyone he meets, right? I, I can't say that any better. He means well with everyone he meets, and there's few men like that. And so you have a genuine pastor. Here's another thing. Do you know how important it is that you pray for your pastor? Uh, and if you're not, I just, I mean, you really do need to have a picture of him and Gwen on your refrigerator. <laughs> I know that may sound like, oh, that used to be really be what would happen. Because you know how much he takes for you in the spiritual battle that goes on? And undeserving because... Uh, he is standing in for you on your behalf, trying to hear God on your behalf. You really need to lift him up, okay? You need to do it. Do you think it's going to get any easier here in the next? Okay, so, right? So you need to turn the spirit up as the heat is getting turned up, all right? You need to stand in for him because uh, he's, he's definitely the target for what God wants to do. So stand in for him. And so this morning, what I want to do is raise your faith and your confidence of who you are in Christ, help you understand your discernment and the revelation moments that God has with you that we experienced this morning. And then I want you to get up, move forward, and trust God in what He's saying and doing in your life. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I want to do this. So here's what I, where I want to start on foundational faith and its statement, and is this. Great men and women of faith... Wake up every morning believing a few common truths that release God dynamics in their life. Okay? Do we have that? Um, great men and women of faith wake up every morning believing a few common truths that release God dynamics in their life. And that may not seem like an overwhelming statement. I want you to know that when you see great men and women of faith 
they all have common things that they wake up with every morning that they believe rather than, oh, i got to go to work today. <laughs> or going, there's a lot of statements that come in your head when you wake up, right? It's like, it's just great men and women of faith wake up every single day with great truths in their lives that are consistent with God's character and consistent with God's word. And they're deep, they're planted, they're, they're in them, they're foundational. Uh, and we'll talk about a few of those, but John 9, 25 says, whether he is a sinner or not, I'm sorry, let me give you a, a background of this. A blind guy, since his birth, was in the temple, and Jesus walks in there in John chapter 9, and he heals him, and these, he has no clue who Jesus is. I mean, by the time he got his sight, Jesus was out of the way. Actually, Jesus had to come and touch him say, hey, it was me that prayed for you. Uh, so he had this moment, and the guys got mad because uh, the guys in the temple who were the uh, Pharisees or Sadducees or the priests in the temple were angry because they believed Jesus was a sinner because he touched this guy who was supposedly a sinner because they believed the only reason you were having a bad day or blind or whatever condition was is because there was sin in your life. And for Jesus to engage with him made him a sinner. And they grabbed and they cornered this guy who was, was blind since youth. And he said, he's a sinner, isn't he? And he says this incredible statement. He says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, now I see. Right? See, it, it's not about how much theology you know. It's not about how well you know it all. Do you know him? Do you know just what happened in your life? It's about, I was blind. I see. You figure it out. Yeah. Because really these deep, really deep truths in your life don't need to have volumes of books behind them. It just needs to be basic truth. I don't know. Devil's in my way. Needs to get out of my way. Right? I keep tripping over this. Maybe that should move. We, we get so... You know, but my feelings are just killing me. And it's like, then maybe it's a problem. I just know that I was blind, and now I see. There's the depth of my theology. And now I start understanding, and I don't need volumes and volumes of stuff that just keep displaying this this stuff I can't even explain anymore. I just need to know the simple truth of God. And great men and women of faith wake up every morning with simple truths at the very core of them that when they wake up, they have a day of God dynamics in their life. And so we're, we're stirring this up. Um, you, you may not be a theologian. You may have a lot of knowledge about Jesus. But if you have met Jesus, you can establish key truths in your lives. I was this, but now I'm this. I'm not the same as I was. Something happened, and there is a God. I know there's a God. Some of you know that well. You're going, I am far from what I used to be. And it only can be God in me. I had a buddy uh, that uh, in high school, uh, a lot of my friends got saved. A lot of them gave the heart to the Lord. But my one friend just had this, he wasn't like, terrible sinner kind of what you would classify that but when he was blind and he come to see because of Christ in his life he had this moment 
But his life just went boom. And I thought, what, what, you know, Rick, I said, what happened to you? What, what makes you, because he's very popular, very athletic. All the girls loved him. The envy of my life. And I said, well, how are you not diving in in all these pools that's open to you? And he goes, well, I just learned if I doubt, I don't. And I go, what do you mean by that? I remember this. This is my 11th grade year, and I'm still, I can still quote what he says because he had a deep truth about God that made him a man of faith. I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, if I ever have any doubt about it, if I should or shouldn't, I don't. Doesn't that kind of cut everything else off after that? I'm like, but God, if you, you know, you know I'm, I'm thinking, what's next negotiation in this deal? And he goes, if I don't, I doubt I don't. There was a great foundational truth. Just, a, I was blind, I see. And, and he still lives that way. You know, you don't have to have a certain age that you really mature in that sense. You just need truths that are maturing in the way that they're in your heart. And they're established deeply in you. Faith is our ability to recognize and believe the things of God. And yet understand that God gives us the ability to believe and understand them. (laughs) Every Christian needs to appreciate that the basis of faith is revelation of God and revelation and demonstration from God. Revelation of God and demonstration from God. He is giving it as much as we're seeking Him. It's an interaction that God has. This is a revelation or a relationship with God. I'll tell you, if you, somebody says, I have a relationship with God, I have a relationship with Jesus, and I'll just tell you what it is. You're having a revelation of who God is and a demonstration of who God is giving you of what God is giving you. So it's important to recognize your encounter with God. So as our worship leaders up here saying, you know, wasn't God good? Wasn't, uh, did, as you engage, what she's encouraging you, do you just realize you were in the presence of God? It, it's recognizing the interaction of God in your life. Worship is just a beginning point or an activation point of experiencing God and recognizing that, okay? Recognizing your Interaction with God, a, a expression toward God and demonstration from God. And he inhabits the praise of his people. Did you just see him? Did he just get in the room here? Today was just kind of like, why did, we, why did the worship intensity kind of go up? It's because you sense his presence. You recognized him there. And people of faith understand that. They, they start engaging with God until they start engaging with his word. He says something and go, ooh, that was God. And somebody beside you goes, did you, hear, did you hear that? Or you can't shut up, you need to say that, right? He, he bugs you enough going, I got to tell somebody. And I have people who just stare me down. And, you know, I'm just like, I got to tell somebody. I tell them and they go, <laughs> just kind of walk away because they just don't know how to engage with that truth, right? So, what is God doing? What is God saying? It's important to recognize your encounter with God. Matter of fact, it's so important that you recognize your encounter with God. When you come to Christ, you do a ceremony that the Bible wants you to do in recognition of your revelation of Jesus Christ, and that's called baptism. 
And the reason this is important that I say that is because that's what you're going to do with all the people that are going to come and sit in these seats. They're going to have an encounter with Christ. You're going to help them realize they recognize Christ in their life. And because of that, they're going to have a wedding day with Christ, and it's called baptism, right? And then every time you have communion, it's date night, right? You're recognizing the goodness of God. You re- I think the church has gone to sleep in the presence and recognition of God is because of how they've handled baptism and communion. Baptism is your wedding day and communion is your, your date night. You just continue to establish the recognizing of God. And you establish that. Worship is another one of those moments with God. Our faith is not based on logical reason. They do support your faith, but they are not the basis of your faith. Logic and reason. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to quicken us, to move us out of our dead state, and birthing in us a repulsive attitude in our mind and heart towards sin. Moving us into a zoe state, a state of life, life that life ever active, John 10.10. 10. The thief has come to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life, that zoe life, that abundant life. So there's something. I'm just telling you, as I'm speaking, you know this is the truth, right? Are you recognizing that? Are you rec- I'm just telling you Scripture. And the Scripture is just... You're helping you recognize God. Your spirit is going, yeah, yeah. Because there's something God's saying today. 1 Corinthians 2.14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolish or foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Now, here's, here's the thing. Your intellect cannot discern what God is speaking in the spirit. And that's why we need to pray. That's why you need to pay, pray for Pastor John and Gwen. And that's why you need to pray for this church. It's because these church, the, I'm sorry, these seats are being filled by people who at one time did not hear the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God is going to start speaking to them. This is why you need to pray. You need to pray so the enlightenment of God will come into their heart. And they're going, I'm going nowhere. They wake up and look at all the scars and the bleeding uh, sores on their legs and face from falling so much, and they go, maybe I should try something else. Do you know? They don't know that yet. They don't have a revelation of that. You haven't had an encounter with the Holy Spirit in Christ yet to come to the fullness of understanding, I need a change in my life. And your prayers are so important that not only you experience encounter God, but that you pray that others would. And as we pray, we're not about trying to grow this church. We're trying to increase the kingdom of God. We're, we're spreading this good news. And so as God is released, as God is encountered, people's lives are changed. Jesus assisted Simon Peter in recognizing the encounter with God when he asked his disciples who he was. And, and Peter, in Matthew 16, 16, he says... Uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus turns to him and says, You're Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus turns to him and says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So here's the guys, all the guys hanging out, talking about 
you know, the biggest fish they caught or whatever they're talking about. And then Jesus goes, so who do people say I am? And it was Peter in that group. It says, it, you, it's you. Uh, you're the son of the living God. He goes, pooh. Man, that's a good revelation. That's a, that's a revelation that comes from the, the foundation of a person's heart. And once you know that, you can go through so many things, right? Because Jesus was sure that he, he let Peter know it's, it's going to be a tough life following after him. But here's what he, Jesus uh, says in verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, that rock, a lot of, like the, Say the Catholic Church really believes the idea was we'll build our church, we'll build this denomination on this truth. But the, the Petra means this foundation stone is what this truth comes on. The revelation of God, who He is, is that foundation. And it's through that revelation of who God. I tell you that you, Peter, on this rock, on this rock, on that revelation, on that awareness and that alertness and that discovery of who God is and who Christ is in God. Upon that revelation, what will he do? Why don't we read the rest of that together? I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And it's, he's just saying, hey, hey, on this revelation, you, you think you have a small revelation of God when you come to Christ? You had a big revelation. Satan's making you minimize it. Because if you really got a hold of that revelation, he says all of hell can't resist you. We're not talking about mamby-pamby Jesus goodness. We're talking about, wow, God is mighty. And if you get to revelation what Peter had, that Jesus, you are the son of the living God, there's something dynamic in that that even Satan himself cannot overcome you. So you might have... Jesus, and you don't understand it. I was blind. I see. Or if I doubt, I don't. I'm not talking to people who spend in church all their lives. I'm talking to people who has a revelation who Jesus is. And that there's this wellness in you, and you discover that, and you just go, whoa, I, I got enough to do something in the kingdom of God. The metaphor in this is, is structure built on solid bedrock, the word Petra, massive rock foundations. In 2010, in January 2010, many of you remember Haiti was a country that got just destroyed by an earthquake, 7.0 earthquake. 220,000 people died in that earthquake. $13 billion was rushed over there. And just like a few months later, 5,000 other people died just because of cholera was so bad. It was just devastating. And for five years after that, there were still 65,000 people living in tents with no place to go. The devastation was terrible. Just a few months after Haiti's uh, destructive earthquake, there was one in Los Angeles, 2010, 7.3, a larger earthquake than ever. You know how many people died? Not thousands, not hundreds, 26. And the reason those 26 died, they actually, a majority of them died from heart attacks. Not even, there wasn't a building following them. They just, I'm coming to see you, Ethel. You know, whatever. 
maybe not that way, but, <laughs> but, but they, it's like, oh, you know, when I read, I thought, oh, man, 26 died. And then I, realized, and then I read further, and it says heart attacks with most of us. Like, oh, my goodness. And, and so <laughs> here, why was I saying that? The reason I'm saying that is, you know, Disneyland only shut down for, like, inspection. Then they, they fired it back up. And the whole thing is because of the foundation. They, every, they said there's a foundation in every one of these. They required a high standard of foundations. Twenty million people felt the earthquake shake for 45 minutes, and 26 people died. Foundation, foundation, mighty men and women of faith. They wake every day with this truth in their heart, simple truths that are enough to say, say not today. Not today. So Psalms 11.3 says this, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So here's, here's the challenge. Satan really just wants to try to get into your, it was to create a root system to bust up your foundation. You got any of those big trees? Just get that root in there and try to bust up the foundation of your life. I'm telling you, my doors, especially in this little drought we've had or our heat, my, my door starts sticking. Anybody's doors in your house start sticking? <clears throat> Man, I'm telling you. My brilliant wife said, why don't you just cut off the top of the door a little that's a great idea. <laughs> Our door's shut now. It's like, brilliant. <laughs> Listen to this scripture. This is Isaiah 28, 16. Please open up your heart to hear this. Therefore, the Lord God said this. Listen carefully. I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone in the, and this is amplified, the secure foundation, firmly placed, he who believes, who trusts in, relies on, and adheres to that stone will not be disrupted or give way in sudden panic. And that stone, wake up every day. It's you, Jesus. It's you. I'm in you. I know you're in me. I don't feel like it today, but I got this foundational truth. I'm not giving up. I'm not changing. I'm not walking away from I don't have all the brilliance, but I do know I was blind one day, and I see now. I got that much truth in me. I'm not turning around. I'm not bowing down. So here's simple foundation, three simple foundations. And let me give these to you real quick. One, God is approachable and rewarding. God is approachable. What if you woke up every day that way? God is approachable. God, thank you today. Thank you. Thank you, God. God is approachable and rewarding. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And every morning I come up with this truth. I'm going to seek God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Do you wake up with thank you, God, or oh, God? Thank you, God. God is approachable. God is rewarding. Thank you, God, for a good day that you're going to give me today because uh, nobody else is going to give it to me. Number two, Scripture is reliable. You guys, y'all are getting pounded right now. Everything's trying to tell you, you know, 
just a little doubt about God's Word and about what Christianity is all about. There's a new script being passed around about who Jesus is. I want you to say, listen, listen to the old script. <laughs> listen to the truth of God's Word. Scripture is reliable, for I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received. And this is Paul saying that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. In other words, it was written there long before I come about writing this. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. Again, he says, according to Scripture. It's in there. It's, it's in there. And because of that, I'm going to trust God. God, I'm not going to doubt your word today. Do you know a lot of your faith of who Christ is has a lot to do with your faith in what his word says? And doubt here will put doubt there. Number three, and that's really a big statement. I, I just need to say some of you have been tempted to entertain thoughts that discredit reality of God. Satan wants to sow doubt and confusion about who Jesus is. Let me just take you back here. One day you were blind, but now you see. That's where you begin. And you wake up and say, God, thank you. I want to thank you today. I want to just recognize who you are. Here's, here's the, the third one is God is pursuing me. And uh, I, I love today. I, I just kind of wrote the worship kind of theme this morning. It opened up in <clears throat> God loves you. God, right? And what was that? He engaged us as you opened this morning. You engaged us with going, oh, yeah. <laughs> he loves us. He engaged, right? That truth, that foundational truth got, got the dust off of it. There it is. Let's stand on that right now. We got into that. We started talking. He got us going, oh, we needed that encounter so we could recognize God. God started interacting with us. And then we moved into God is pursuing us, right? He's, he's, he's pursuing us. He's coming after us. And, and we, we kind of bask in that worship some that he's pursuing us. And then... The last part of worship this morning is he is holy. So then we start going, wow, he's holy. Woo! You know, we're just going, man, the more, more we worship him and who he was, he starts being in the presence of who we are. He starts interacting. Did you recognize it? Did you, did you encounter God today? Right? So I'm, we're just talking about encountering God, understanding that there's foundational truths that Mighty men and women of God wake up with every single morning and it creates dynamic, uh, you know, dynamics of God in your life um, that are consistent with His character and with His Word. And God is establishing that and He's pursuing us and He's chasing after us. John 6, 4, 44 says, No one can come to me unless... the Father who sent me draws him, and I will rise up on the last day, on that last day. And he, he just says, listen, you, you, you can't even have that recognition if God's not pulling you and chasing after you. Do you know God's first missionary journey was in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and they hid, and God's going, where are you? He's, he's going, he, his first missionary journey was Adam and Eve, and Jesus like a lost coin searches you out. Like a lost sheep seeks you out. And he continues to be the missionary that we need in our life. He's chasing after us when we're not we're kind of running from him. 
We want to pout. We want to be angry. We want to be insensitive. And God's saying, come on now. Come on. Get back up. Get back at it. It either, and I'll just tell you this morning, it either makes sense, makes perfect sense, or it's all nonsense to you. But I want you to know God wants to make perfect sense out of this. God wants to do something in your life. And I believe he wants to chase after you. I know there's other foundational truths that you have. I think when you were talking this morning about the love of God, I think that's a reality to you. You know, we, we have a tendency to have this truth about what our blindness was and our revelation of sight was. There's a truth. There's a foundational truth to that. Some of you come through different doors. We're all just a mess. He says in, in his word, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase the rest of this message, is that he says some of the seed falls on paths. It's been wore out hard. And that's some of our lives. It's just, it's just man, you're just taking a beating in your life. Somebody falls in thorns and it's just, been, you know, you just had, when you encounter God, Satan just, you get it and you have this joy about it. And I mean, two days later, it's just gone, is the way he describes it. And some of you, you have that soil that you throw a seed in, you, you go 60 fold, 40 fold, 100 fold. It's just like, you know, it's like, what's going, how did that happen? And, and if you look at soil formation, soil formation, it's really an incredible thing is because there's four, can you hit that, those four soil formation things? I, I have no idea where it's at. There you go. There's soil enrichment, which means that you put things in your soil. Like you go and buy things and you stick it in there. Makes your soil good. Here's the other, soil removal. It's when you got these stones, remember the rocky soil. You got to take those out because it doesn't grow good things, right? It probably won't grow anything. I remember as a kid growing up, I, I was going to grow this corn. I had one kernel of corn, and I put it right outside my window and planted it. And then about... Three or four months later, I'm sneezing my head off. And finally, my mom takes me to the doctor, and they do all this weird voodoo stuff on my back, you know, with marks and finding out. He's going, oh, he's allergic to corn. And it's like anything to do with corn. And I was sneezing. I had welts. My eyes all shut all the time. And we get back home and I look out the window and the corn stalk is like right there going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> just messing with me. And uh, my, I, my mom's 92. She was telling me this week, she goes, the hardest thing I ever did was cut down that corn stalk. <laughs> I said, Mom, it saved me. <laughs> Don't you realize this thing that grew in my life was killing me? And I was so proud of it, and then I, it's like it's killing me. And we've got little pets, little garden things going on. But God is pulling up the stone. He's, we've got stone in our life that has to come out. This soil translocation means you've got these hills and these valleys, you know. You're really good here, and you really stink right here, right? And God is just constantly trying to move soil into low areas of our life. 
And we kind of lose heart in that. We, here's how he illustrated to me. I was praying one day. He goes, you know what, Neil? He goes, you're clay in some areas, you're wood in some areas, and you're stone in other areas. He says, man, if I say, I need you to do this, you'll go, yes, sir, I'm on it. And then other times, I say, Neil, you need to do this. He goes, I, I just kind of have to whittle on you. I have to, I'm having to shape you because you're not so pliable in those areas. And then he, sometimes i got to get the hammer out. Right? There's stone. And I just want you to know, what, what happens, though, is we can get really good at pounding what's clay. And God's saying, ah, you're good here. You're shapeable here, but you won't let me whittle on you. Or you won't let me take the, I, I really need to call this into line. And you're resisting that. You're just, you want all to go where it's, you're pliable. And he says, how much do you want him? How much do you want him to show up in your life? How much, how, what's the dynamic story you want to be able to tell your grandkids? You know, my daughter's, my youngest daughter is 32 and we was telling her the other day how we were trusting God in our life. And Carol, my wife, just, she had got real sick. I mean, to the point, all she could, the only food that she could eat was chicken noodle soup. And, and this went on for a long time. And we were so broke, but we were trusting God. You know that, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or Seed begging for food. And we were holding on to that. And, and Carol was, I, she goes, Neil, we don't even have money to buy a can of soup for mom. And we didn't. They didn't know what we was going to do. And a lady across the street, now this was that day, comes in and she has a case of chicken noodle soup. And she says, we're moving and I don't even know what to do with this stuff. I felt too bad about throwing it away. Could y'all use this? And, and we're telling our daughter, we thought our kids know our story. It's like, how did that get by without these moments with God? And, I, and so I was telling my daughter, she goes, I didn't know that. I go, yeah, it was, it was just a miracle of God. And then I said, you know, to get a miracle of God, you need to be in a situation where you need a miracle. So to get these stories, you have to go, I'm trusting you, God. I'm, I'm going to let you show up in my life. Is there another way? Um, and so I'm wanting to encounter God. I want to encounter God. Well, maybe God wants to show a miracle in your life. Oh, well, by the way, do you know how you, they said it takes 500 years to get one inch of soil, real good soil, and how they do that. They said, here's the combination. You need trees and all that kind of stuff, but then you need rocks. And the rocks eventually just grind everything down into perfect soil. We've learned how to create that process. But here's what happened. You want to encounter God, you can, you can be blind one day and have sight the next day. But this really deep encounter where you have these stories to tell about God, you have to get in some of those situations where you allow God to say, I'm going to pull this stone out of your life, and we're going to go through a journey right now, 
and it really stinks. Like right now, you want to be so angry, and I'm, I'm wrapping this up. You want to be so angry with somebody right now, and I think there's a couple of people that I'm speaking to. You want to be so angry. They did you wrong. One is uh, betrayal, and the other is you got done wrong. And, and the voice that you're hearing is not an encouraging word of the Spirit of God. It's encouraging word of the enemy trying to build the roots to bust up your foundation. It's not of God. Here's another one. There's, there's a hunger in some of you today that God is wanting to entertain. And he wants to engage with you. But he wants, he wants to be, be able to be bold enough to you to tell you the truth. And it's going to hurt. Because you've been around possibly some very loud, boisterous, hurtful, painful people. And though you know God loves you, he still needs to be direct with you. And he needs to say, that really needs to come out of you. And I'm just asking you today, would you let him, would you let him talk to you today? Would you encounter with him today? And here, here's the third one. God wants to honor your hunger toward him. And what you're going through right now is going to prepare you for the encounter you're going to have later on. And it's a good thing. And it sounds like, what? I'll give you some words. I'm going to repeat some of your words. What is going on? I'm going to say this for some of you tender-hearted people. I don't try to be stupid. <laughs> and you're not. God is pulling. God is drawing. He is a good God. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him. His word is true. And, and <laughs> He is absolutely moving to give you a position with him that only those who chase after God can have. God is pursuing you. God is pursuing you, okay? So, Father, I thank you today for your goodness. I'm going to ask the worship team. God, I thank you today for your goodness to us. That this moment as we are engaging, great men and women of faith wake up with simple truths that gives them God dynamics in their lives. And Lord, I thank you today that you are demonstrating that and you're pursuing us in uh, our endeavor with you. You're engaging with us. And we're having encounters with God as you reveal yourself and then we're uh, experiencing the demonstration of God in our hearts. But today, God, I just pray as you, you establish your truth, God, right now, you're speaking to just a few, you're just saying I need to, I need to be more direct with you. You need to allow me to be more direct with you. And others are just saying, come on. Keep trusting me through this storm. Keep trusting me. You've fallen down. Get up. Dust yourself off. Get after it. Chase, start chasing after me. Pursue me. You're hearing me. It's difficult. There's thunder. There's storm going around. But you hear my voice. Keep after me. Because I'm going to show you something you wouldn't see otherwise. I want you to stand this morning.
encountering God is to stand this morning. And let's, let's just finish this up in this worship song this morning.